feel like maybe we should just keep singing. Come on. That's awesome. Thanks for working once again on that throughout this service. Fun, fun stuff. Welcome to those of you who are visitors. We are in the middle of a series called People of Prayer. And we've been talking all year, the full year 2018, about how to hear the voice of God. We really thought as a church, and I felt really clear as a pastor, that this year we needed to be committed as a church to listening for the voice of God, specifically through prayer and through scripture. Two things that every church should be committed to, but we wanted to just commit a little bit more to that this year and intentionally listening for the voice of God, seeing what we could hear from God uh, in this really great moment. As you can see, we got a full church, and so we've got a lot of questions to ask God about what does he want us to do and and how does he want us to love and minister to this community and to each other. Um, And so it's a great year for us to almost take a pause and get really quiet and listen for the whisper of God. Isn't it interesting that more often you lean in when someone whispers than when they yell at you and you lean out, right? We're looking for the whisper. So we are in our fourth week of a series called People of Prayer, and we are going to be talking about Moses this morning. So have you seen uh, Charlton Heston in a movie where he holds these big commandments in his hands? Or he gets in front of Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Have you heard? Have you seen that movie? Okay. It's in the Bible. Awesome. Right? Okay. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this character, Moses. And we're going to look at Moses and see what we can learn about praying through Moses. Now, Moses, first and foremost, teaches us this, the first point in your outline. Moses' leadership is centered on a constant conversation with God. His leadership is centered on a constant conversation with God. We've been saying this all year. Prayer is, it it feels hard, but prayer is simple. It's a conversation. So in a conversation, I come down and I talk to Jack and maybe Jack would talk to me and, and I would talk back to Jack and we would have this conversation. And see, Moses knew this very, very well. He felt free to have a constant conversation with God because Moses' first real encounter with God was in a burning bush. Anybody heard this story? So he's out in the desert. Moses had made some skeptical decisions. Uh, he, He has made some bad decisions, we'll call them, like murdering a guy. That was not his best day, right? So he's out in the desert, and he's herding some sheep, and he sees this bush that is burning, but it doesn't seem to really be burning. And so he goes and checks that out, because the bush that is burning that isn't really burning that is burning is an interesting thing, right? And so he goes walking over to this bush, and he looks at the bush, and, and the bush suddenly starts talking. He says, Moses, take off your sandals. You are on holy ground. And God reveals himself in the midst of the desert. And he comes to Moses and says, hey, I'm going to use you, even though you're broken, even though you're fractured, even though you don't have everything all together, I'm going to use you to free my people. I'm going to send you to Egypt. I'm going to send you to the Pharaoh. And you're going to say, let my people go. And then later, they're going to make this great movie about it, right? Um, No, he didn't say that. But at that moment, he had this 
conversation with God. And it changed everything for Moses. And Moses' life is marked from that moment on by a constant conversation with God. And I don't know what that moment looks like for you, but my, uh, my deepest desire for you is that you would talk to God. That you would have a constant conversation with God and that at some point in your life, maybe you wouldn't hear the audible voice of God. I don't think I've ever heard the audible voice of God, I'll be honest with you. But I have felt very strongly in, uh, impressed by some things. Like God has leaned in on me and whispered to me in some moments. And it's those moments that change things forever when you believe that you can actually have a constant conversation with God. And Moses leans into this idea. He can have a constant conversation with God. So God says, go lead my people. And so because of this conversation, Moses then teaches us, this is what we're going to learn this morning, he teaches us that the people we lead and love need us to pray for them. They need us to pray for them. Moses is seen as one of the great um, prayer warriors of the Bible. As we will see throughout these texts, Moses is a man of prayer. And most often, he is praying for someone other than himself. I don't know about you, but that's not often how my prayers go. My prayers often go like this. Hey God, got a problem. Need some help. Anybody else pray that prayer from time to time? Right? But Moses is seen as someone who prays over and over and over for people other than himself. Those he is leading and loving. And in your life, you have people that you're leading and you're loving. There are people that God has put under your leadership and you are called to pray for them. This is what we're going to learn about today. You need to love and lead in your home, whatever your home looks like. Maybe you've got kids, you need to love and lead your kids. You've got a spouse, you need to love and lead your spouse. You've got a roommate, you've got to love and lead your roommate. You've got to love and lead in your friendships. You've got to love and lead in your job or your workplace. You've got to love and lead in this, in this big sky paradise, right? For me, uh, tangibly, you know, at home, I, I'm praying for my kids, Eli and Ava. And I'm praying for Ava on a daily, or my wife Lori on a daily basis because I love them and I want to lead them and I want to serve them well. For me, it looks like loving and leading all of you by praying for you every single Monday morning. We start our staff meeting and we have devotions together and then we take all the prayer requests that we hear on the weekend and those we've heard in past weekends and we have them on a huge, uh, like, email list uh, that goes out to our prayer team and we pray through each and every one of those every single Monday. For me, um, it's leading and loving uh, a, a group of boys that I'm coaching down at the school. I'm the basketball coach down at the school and I love them and I want to lead them well and I need to be praying for them. It's, it's being a part of this community, Big Sky, being a part of things like the Fly Fishing Festival, which was so fun and, and, and we raised a pile of money to take care and steward the river. Um, but there's people there that God has called me to love and to lead. And, and I don't know who that is for you, but I bet if you looked around, there's people in your life that God has called you to love and lead. But often, think about this, loving and leading is hard. Can we admit that? Sometimes loving and leading is hard. And, and often we run into these moments where maybe we don't even know how to love and lead. Or we can't love and lead. 
or we're scared to love and lead. We come up against our own limitations of loving and leading. Richard Foster in his book on prayer says, um, if you love someone, you will want more for them than you can give to them. And this should lead you to prayer, right? We come to these moments of leading and loving where we want more for the people than we are leading and loving than we can actually give to them. And so we need to turn to prayer. And specifically, here's the big word of the day. We need to turn to intercessory prayer. Just means standing in the gap. It means um, bringing them to God. It means standing in between them and God and praying on their behalf. We need to intercede for them. And so I want to talk about three prayers that we can offer to intercede for those that we lead and love. Number one, we need to lead and love by praying for provision. Praying for provision. So Moses does get out of Egypt, as you know, after a pile of plagues. Finally gets out of Egypt, gets to the Red Sea. Red Sea parts, that's a whole cool story. Um, And they're traveling around in the desert. Leads them for 40 years toward the promised land. Because sometimes it takes a lot longer than we think it should to get us where God wants us to be. You understand me? Are you with me? Sometimes it takes us longer to get where God wants us to go than we think it should take us. And so they're wandering around in the desert. And you got to imagine there's thousands and thousands of people wandering around in the desert. And they need some simple provisions. They need water. They need shelter. They need food. If you've ever gone backpacking, those are three things that you really need, right? Water. Food and shelter. You've got to have those three things to make it happen, especially for 40 years in a desert, right? And so along the way, we come upon this story in Exodus 15. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea after they walked through the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled the desert without finding water. Some people are a little parched at this point, right? And when they came to a place called Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why it's called Marah. It means bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Verse 25, then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it onto the water and the water became fit to Drink, Exodus 15, 25. One of our prayers for those we lead and love is a simple prayer for provision. It's not necessarily for what they want. It's for what they need. Often we pray for what we want. And I think God's just kind of hoping we would actually one time pray for what we need instead of what we always want, right? And so one of the prayers is for provision. The people are thirsty. And Moses comes before God and he says, Hey God, we are thirsty. We need water. This water is undrinkable. And, and God says, Okay, take this stick. Okay, that's a little weird, God. Throw it in the water. Oh, seen this before. Last time the water parted. Yep, not this time. Now you can drink the water. And so God provides 
for them. He doesn't give them more than they need. He gives them what they need. And one of our prayers should be for the provision of those that we love and lead. We should be praying for simple things that God would want for others. If somebody you know has financial stress, you should be praying that they make good decisions with their finances and that God would provide for them in their finances. Um, if they're needing housing because they're new in ta- uh, town and there's no housing in Big Sky, right? Um, you need to be praying that God would help find them a house. Uh, you need to be praying, parents, that your kids would do well on their tests if they studied, right? You need to be praying uh, for transitions in the homes, for just simple needs, our daily bread, as Jesus would later say in his prayer, our simple provision. And I would say there's two parts to this. One, we simply ask God, and then two, maybe he's going to ask us to do something like throw a stick in the water. i got a story for you. So there's a man that I love very, very much named Don Lunston. He is one of our elders here, and he... He didn't know that I was going to talk about him this morning. So here you go, Don. Um, So I woke up on the week before Easter morning. And I had heard via Don and and his wife um, that their van had broken down. And and if you know Don, Don is a man of many trades. And he um, has this work van that he drives around in and fixes stuff for people. And he's just super generous and super loving. Uh, He leads our Uganda ministry. And I woke up on this Monday morning, and my staff will attest to this. I just had this burden on me. Because his van had broken down, and it was causing him a lot of stress, and it was something simple that he needed. And I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do, God. I just woke up with this, and I want Don to have a van this week. I really want him to get a van this week, right? And I thought, you know what? I love him and I'm limited and I don't know what to do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray. So I prayed and I prayed and I just got the sense that I should just continue to just follow after God's lead. Just just to see what was out there. So I started uh, looking online. Advance. I'm like, maybe I can get some guys together. We can buy the van for Don. And then on Easter, we can go, Happy Easter! That would be awesome, right? Like, I don't know. Um, this would be awesome. And, um, and I realized as I was doing it, I'm like, man, I'm trying to manufacture this. And, and really, this is a burden put on by God. And, and I have limitations on this. I don't think I can get this done. And I'm searching around, I'm searching around, and this ad pops up on Craigslist, right? Six hours ago, there's this van in Bozeman with just about the right amount of mileage that they wanted. A little bit more, maybe, right? Um, Just the kind of van that they were looking for everywhere. And this guy who was was ready to sell it. So I, I call him. I'm like, hey, man, are you, are you selling that van? He goes, yeah. I'm like, I got this guy who needs it. It's great. I think your price is too high. And so we haggled the price. And then I hollered Don. I said, Don, I, got, I don't know, man, but Jesus got you a van this week, buddy. And Don now drives this van. And, and I, I don't tell that story uh, with any pride. I don't. I had no way of manufacturing that. None. No way of manufacturing that. But I had this deep sense of someone that I love and lead with, and I wanted something for them that they just, it was just a need. It was just a simple need, right? 
Wasn't anything extravagant. Wasn't anything crazy. It was something that he needs for his business. And God showed up. And I believe that part of why he showed up was because I was willing to pray. That's it. I didn't have anything else to offer, but I had prayer. And Moses looks around and says, they're thirsty, God. He cries out to them. And guess what? God provides for them. Does that mean that's going to happen every time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But if you don't ever pray the prayer, you may never know. Right? If you don't boldly come before the throne room of God and place your requests for others on their behalf, for their needs, you'll miss out on what God is doing. Because what it didn't do in that situation was make me arrogant and prideful. What it made me go, it made me in awe. It made me want to worship. It made me realize my place, my little teeny place in this world and God's big, big place in this world because He is our provider. Pray for provision. Number two, pray for healing. Pray for healing. So Numbers 12, verse 13. They're still traveling around in the desert. Um, and Moses has a sister named Miriam, and as sometimes happens, um, brothers and sisters don't always get along. Surprise, surprise, okay? And Miriam and Aaron, Moses' brother, they start grumbling against Moses. Um, I'm going to read this. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, from uh, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? They asked. Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now Moses, verse 3, was a very humble man, more humble than anyone on the face of the earth. Moses may have written this, so that's an interesting little (laughs) statement. Um, Just putting it out there. Uh, (laughs) I think that disqualifies him. Anyway, um, (laughs) once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. This is like a dad moment, right? Oh, really? You're going to fight? Come on out to the tent, okay? The Lord came down and a pillar of cloud stood at the entrance of the tent and summoned Aaron and, Aaron and Miriam. And when the two of them stepped forward, he said, Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in dreams. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak about my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he left them. And when the cloud lifted from the tent, Miriam's skin was filled with leprosy, became white as snow. And Aaron turned toward her and saw that she had a defiling skin disease. And he said to Moses, Please, my Lord, I ask you not to hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from its mother's womb with its flesh half eaten away. So Moses cried out to the Lord, God, please heal her. God, please heal her. See, the second prayer that we want to pray is a prayer of healing. Even if it's your brother and sister who are being mean to you, yes, right? We want to pray for those that we love and lead that they would experience healing and wholeness in their life. Um, It's a simple prayer, right? Once again. God, please heal her. It's the same reason you should be writing down our prayer requests every single Sunday morning. I don't say that to guilt you. I want you to be a part of this, part of praying for this family. 
And that we would simply ask for healing. That we would say, God, there are people that are hurting and they are in need of healing. And we believe that you are the great physician and the great healer. And so we want to pray to be healed. Personal story. I don't know much about leprosy, but after the last week and a half, I've learned a lot about shingles. Okay? Um, Yeah, the hard way. So, um, last week, Thursday-ish, I started feeling this deep pain in my back and my side, and I thought, man, that feels like a kidney stone, because I had one of those too, so it's been a wonderful life up to, I'm not even 40 yet, um, I've had two of them actually, and, and, and I passed one in a coffee shop called It's a Grind, not even a joke, just, I'm just, just putting it out there, it's not even a joke, so... There's that. Um, and so all of a sudden, I'm thinking, I got a kidney stone. I got another kidney stone. And I'm going to have to, like, gr- grin and bear it. And, and uh, about a day later, these little bumps started showing up. And so I'm, like, texting Dr. Mitchell, my friend Jeremy. And I'm like, hey, man, look at these pictures. And, um, and he goes, that, Brian, that looks like shingles. So Friday at about 1.30 in the morning... I did the fly fishing festival that night and was happy with a lot of you and was dying on the inside. And then on Friday morning, Saturday morning at 1.30, I said, I got to go in. Like, I don't, something's wrong with me. And I ended up in our medical center. And Dr. Hess was like, yeah, you got shingles, man. And when I tell people they, I got shingles, they're kind of like, ugh. You know what I mean? And they say things like, aren't you too young for shingles? And I'm like, apparently not. And, and can you give it to me? And I'm like, well, if you're like, you know, rubbing your hand on my open wounds, yeah, probably. But like, I wouldn't do that. But, um, I'll be honest with you, it's weird. And, and in that day and in that age, leprosy, right? It was this skin disease that wrecked havoc on people. Would have changed Miriam's whole life. And last week, I get this on my side, and Michelle Donaldson, who's on our prayer team, man, I get email after email after email from her over the weekend saying, I'm praying for you, Pastor Brian. I believe that God's going to heal you, Pastor Brian. And I'm, I'm not completely healed yet, but I'm telling you, I'm getting better. And I believe that it's because my body is naturally doing that. I got the right medicines and because I've been prayed for. I, I believe that. I'm not one of those crazy folks who says, don't go to the doctor and just pray more. You go to the doctor to get your medicine, right? But you need to pray too. And we need to be those who pray for healing. I had the pleasure of being with the Drysbox this week. Andy and Joni, um, God saved them for a reason. They were in a head-on accident down in Gallatin Gateway. Andy's got both legs broken. Um, Joni's in a walking cast. And I got to head down to them and hang out with them. And I got to pray with them right before they kind of went to bed for the night. And as I was praying, I could, it wasn't, it was a bad prayer. It wasn't even a good prayer. I was, conf- I, I, like the nurse was coming in and I, I was like, I hope I'm not offending her. It's one of those, right? And I'm, but I'm praying and I'm praying God heal him and, and be with them and thank you that you saved them. And you could just feel it in the room. Like there was just, something was happening. Like, I, I open my eyes, and Andy's just filled with tears, and Joni's just filled with tears, and they're just hugging each other, and, and I'm like, God is here, and He's healing in the midst of this situation. 
Coming home yesterday, and I'm in Bozeman, and I call up Andy, and I say, hey, man, I'm in Bozeman. Can I stop by and see you? What room are you in? And he goes, I'm home, man. You want to stop by and have some cake? Um, no joke. This, right? This is Andy Dreisbach, if you know Andy Dreisbach, right? Now, Andy's going to have to have incredible amount of surgery. He's got a long road ahead. We need to continue to pray for healing. But do you know why I think he's home? I think part of why he's home is because God's healing him. Because he had great medical staff, because he's a little bit stubborn, and because he had a lot of people praying for him. And we need to be those who are bold enough to pray for healing, regardless of the outcome. I know there are many of you who have prayed for healing, and then that person has still died. Right? And that's above my uh, pay grade to answer why. Okay? Um, I know God's working in and through it. Right? Um, In this situation... God actually gave the leprosy to Miriam and then took it away. But God doesn't always do that, right? There's an active and a passive will of God that sometimes things just happen in the broken world. He didn't eat the forbidden fruit. Adam and Eve did. And we all have followed suit since, right? And because of that, we have a very broken world. But we need to be those who are bold to pray for healing. Number three, we need to pray for mercy. Pray for mercy. It's not a comprehensive list, by the way. Um, lots more reasons to be praying. But pray for mercy. Exodus 32, verse 12. So Moses goes up onto Mount Sinai. Famous scene in Moses' ministry. And he goes to meet with God and get the Big Ten, the Ten Commandments from God. Right? And to um, come down and present them to the people and say, hey, this is how we're to live. This is how we're to love our God. Right? And as he's meeting with God, God says, hey, uh, they got bored because um, you're up here so long and they built themselves a golden calf. And they're dancing and they're worshiping and they're hanging around around this golden calf. And so I think I'm going to get rid of them. I think I'm going to end them. Here's how it starts. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us a God who will be, go before us. For, as for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. Um, they had to wait on God, so instead they made up their own gods. Let me say that again. They had to wait on God, so they made up their own gods. Have you ever had to wait on God for something and you said, you know what, I think I'm done with you, God. I think I can figure this out on my own. See, I've said this multiple times in this series, we are really good at creating idols within our own heart, right? We are idol factories in our own hearts. And so one of the greatest prayers that we can be praying is for mercy. Moses, instead of saying, yeah, God, smite them. Let's start over. Let's do this better. Instead, he says this. Turn from your fierce anger. Relent and do not bring disaster on your people. And can I say this? This is specifically for um, those of you who uh, have friends who are not here this morning or don't know Jesus. Come on in, kids. We're going to get to communion in a minute. Come on. Please claim them. They are yours. Okay? Alright? Perfect. Perfect. 
We need to be praying for salvation. We need to be praying for lost people. We need to be praying for our kids that they come to know and love Jesus and that they would say, God, I am a sinner. I am in need of You. I want to be washed whiter than snow. And this is one of the greatest prayers that we can offer. I, I, I was very convicted of this in this past year by Todd Meredith. He's one of our members here. And he said, Brian, one of my greatest prayers now is not for people to get what they want. It's not for um, even like healing or provision. One of my greatest prayers for people right now is salvation. Because without salvation, healing and provision and protection, none of it matters. He said, I just want as many to turn to Jesus as possible. And so Todd has made it this mission in his life that every single person that he knows is lost, he's praying for. And he's not doing it in an arrogant way. He's not, he's not separating the sheep and the goats. That's God's job, right? But he is praying wholeheartedly for people that he knows are lost without Jesus. They're blind without Jesus. They're dead without Jesus. And he wants them to see. He wants them to be alive forever. And so in the same way that Moses says, God, relent, turn from your anger, don't bring disaster on your people, those that we love and lead, we should be praying mercy upon mercy upon mercy, especially because that's what we've been given. And so the question for reflection today is this, who do I need to be praying for this week? Who do I need to be praying for this week? Maybe uh, it's a prayer of provision. Maybe it's a prayer of healing. Maybe it's a prayer for mercy. But who do you need to be praying for this week? We've been doing this in this year. And I've been asking you to come up with one name. A name of somebody or a name of some uh, family that you have committed to praying for. And we're going to do that this morning again. Because I believe that God wants you to pray tirelessly, ceaselessly. The last picture of Moses is this. Moses is out on this mountain and down in the valley, they're having, uh, uh, they're having a fight with the Amalekites. And Moses raises his hands and he starts to pray to God and, and he starts to get tired and his hands start to go down. And as his hands start to go down and his prayer starts to falter, suddenly the battle turns to the Amalekites. And so he shoves his arms back up in the air and he prays tirelessly, ceaselessly. And, and he prays for protection. He prays for provision. He prays that God would be merciful. He prays that God would be with them, that he would give them this battle. And, and, the, and the battle shifts to the Israelites and then, and then he gets weak and he gets tired and, 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 and you can almost see his hands going down and, and he shoves them back up and he does this all day long to the point where he says to Aaron and he says to her, I can't keep my arms up anymore. One of you here, one of you here, hold my arms up in the air so that the battle may be won. Church, this is the picture of who we should be. Tirelessly painfully, ceaselessly, lifting those up we love and lead in prayer. So I want you to have one name in your head right now. I'll invite the worship team to come up and lead us in a beautiful song based upon the Lord's Prayer. 
as we take communion together. But before we transition to that, have one name in mind. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have names in mind right now. Names of people who need your provision. Names of people who need your healing. Names of people who need your mercy. And so, God, we offer them to you. We intercede on their behalf. We place them before your throne. And we ask, God, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, hear these prayers as they arise to you. Don't be quiet. Speak. Don't be silent. Act. God, we are so limited and you are so limitless. And so, God, we ask that you would have your way in the lives of these folks that are in our mind and heart right now. God, I pray that you would continue to have these names bubble up within us, these folks we love and lead, that we would continue to bring them before your throne. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the reason that we can do what we are doing this morning, the reason that we can be so bold in this is is because Jesus has a job right now. And his job, it says in Romans 8.34, is that he would be seated at the right hand of God, interceding for us right now. So even as we lift up those prayers for others, that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, mercy upon mercy, grace upon grace. Romans 8.34 says this, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. And this is why we can embrace this church. Because Jesus gave Himself up for us. This is what we remember in this meal. The broken body of Christ given on the cross for us. The shed blood of Jesus given to atone for our sins. A God who is filled with provision. He's filled with mercy. He's filled with compassion and grace. And today we get to celebrate that. And that is what drives our prayers. So as the worship team leads us in this song based upon the Lord's Prayer, I would ask you to come forward knowing that you are being interceded for by God Himself. And that you would receive the body and the blood of Jesus. This meal is for those who say, I believe. And I need you, Jesus. And I'm limited and you're not. Kids, if you talk to your parents about this, um, it's you guys' family decision on how you want to handle this. If you're not in the place to make this um, this decision this morning, that's okay. Enjoy the music. Enjoy this time. We'll have two stations up here, but receive 
the body and blood of Jesus who intercedes for you, who has died and who has risen. Let's worship together.